You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hey everybody, Dr. Lowe back in the building again. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me for another amazing episode. I really, really enjoyed this particular episode. I think you will as well. I am actually recording this late at night. I normally don't try to work at night, but I am hustling, trying to get as many episodes pre-recorded so that while I'm on maternity leave, I can just coast and enjoy my, my new baby. And, um, but you know, it's, I was saying on my Instagram stories today, it's a challenge to do that because I really try to do as much good quality content as I can. I can't just like throw something out there. Um, so, but I, I feel like I've been, you know, really compiling some amazing content for you guys. And, and I also do want to record just some solo episodes while I'm on leave to just keep you in the loop of what's been happening and just share about my experience of just being a new mom. It's, it's, um, such a wild ride so far and it's such an exciting time. So I want to, you know, capture a lot of these moments and, um, just share some of my ahas and insights as I've been going through it. One thing that is for sure is I feel very motivated and driven to get a lot of things done, but my body is like, nope. (laughs) So I am, um, today as I'm recording this, I am 36 and a half weeks. So I'm about three and a half weeks away from my due date. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. I never really thought about what pregnancy would feel like. I always wanted to experience it, but I never really thought about really what it would actually feel like. And it's, um, I don't know. I could do a whole show just talking about what it actually feels like, but, um, but I'm just really grateful to be experiencing this and I've shared with you guys on my previous episodes. I did a lot of things to help prime my body to get ready to be pregnant. And I've said it before, you know, in my late thirties now, I really feel like I am in a more fertile balanced place than I was, you know, 15 20 years ago, even like I truly. So, um, you know, if there's any, any of you guys listening who are interested in improving your fertility, you want to, um, do whatever you can now, I would love to educate you and share more about that with you, which is over in my fertility course, golden eggs, fertility, you can learn more over at goldeneggsfertility.com. I am taking students. I would love to teach you and just really educate you about how your hormones work. What are the main systems that need to be balanced in order to be considered quote unquote fertile? And most importantly, and if this isn't talked about a lot, you have to work on the egg quality. The quality of the eggs is what is most important, not necessarily the amount of eggs. So, um, so yeah, so learn more over at goldeneggsfertility.com. It is for women and for couples. And so I also educate you in how to improve sperm quality for your partner. Um, that's important as well. You know, the, the research shows that if there is a problem getting pregnant, almost half the time it's actually due to the guy. And I just think that's overlooked a lot. So, um, so I just, you know, I bust a lot of myths. I, um, just teach you so much more than you'd ever learn in your doctor's office, even coming to see me as a patient. It's so much more information than what I can teach you with a, with a visit. Um, so I would love to have you as a student. 
Before we jump into the episode, I want to give some love to Organifi. They are the sponsor for this episode, and I'm about to make my Organifi Gold drink right after I'm done with recording this intro. And what I love about this drink, it is it's a superfood blend with turmeric as well as reishi, which is an amazing mushroom. And it's just a really good drink to do at bedtime. It helps to relax you. It's very anti-inflammatory. So with, with the pregnancy, I've had a lot of aches and pains and it's just helped to kind of calm that inflammation. So if you generally are kind of achy, if you're an athlete, if you're exercising a lot, you do bring up a lot of inflammation and inflammation is the root of most of the conditions that are the most common conditions in our country, you know, so cancer, uh, stroke, diabetes, autoimmunity, um, you know, they have this common theme of inflammation. So the more that you can put out the flame in your body, the better. And we're inflamed kind of all the time with all the wear and tear of life and stress. So we all can use more of that um, in our life. So head over to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Dr. Low, D-R-L-O. And you'll see my store on their site with all the products that I love. And you can look at the ingredients and they're all just super good quality, organic, you know, uh, sourced really responsibly. And I think you're going to love it and they just taste really good. So check them out, Organifi.com slash Dr. Low and enter Dr. Low, D-R-L-O at checkout and you get 20% off your gold drink or your green juice or your red juice, or they have probiotics, they have turmeric, and they also have an immunity product now that I love. It's kind of like emergency, but way better quality. Um, and also a new detox supplement that they have too. So check them out. All right, you guys, let's jump into this episode. So I think you're going to really like this episode. I'm talking with Dr. Becky Campbell, and um, we talk all about thyroid health. And it just, it was really conversational. It's really cool because she and I actually haven't met before, but I felt like we were just like girlfriends chatting about health and and thyroid health. And she and I have a really crazy similar personal story um, with our own thyroid health. And um and we just chat about how we approach this with our patients. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I posted over on Instagram. I got a bunch of questions from you guys. So thank you for contributing those. And without further ado, let's jump into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So the topic on the show is something that is so relatable. I know it's something I've talked about a, a bunch on the show because it's something I've, I've experienced myself personally and my mom and my grandma and so many of you ladies listening and guys too you can really relate to this. And we're talking all about thyroid health. Thyroid health is treated in conventional medicine very differently than it is in the natural medicine world. And I love having these shows to be able to empower you guys with things that you can be doing to really improve this more from a natural kind of perspective. So um, joining me is Dr. Becky Campbell, and she's a board certified doctor of natural medicine. She works with women and men struggling with thyroid issues, also autoimmune diseases and histamine intolerance and a lot more. She's the author of the 30-Day Thyroid Reset Plan, and you can um, check her out over at drbeckycampbell.com. And um, yeah, let's jump into it. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. So we were just talking briefly before I started recording. You are a mom of three boys. I got a boy yes. on the way. <laughs> so um, is, are you interested in thyroid health at all because of any personal experience? Yeah. Stuff? Did it have anything to do with being a mom or pregnancy. I'm just curious. It's just kind of popped in my head. So when I was in college, I gained 30 pounds out of nowhere. Like I had never had an issue before at all. And I was working out six days a week. 
and uh, my hair started falling out in big clumps and I was really tired. I mean, sleeping at red lights, like just exhausted. And I knew something was wrong and I went to all these different doctors and they just kind of gave me, you know, the runaround because my labs looked normal in their eyes and they were testing almost nothing anyways. Right. And um, I got really upset and I started to get depressed about it. And then they tried putting me on depression medication, but I was depressed because I wasn't getting help. I wasn't just depressed in general. Right. And so then um, I found, you know, a holistic type medical center, which was pretty new back then. This is at least 15 years ago. And they checked my thyroid again, but a thorough uh, panel. And at this point, my TSH was already up to eight. When they tested it before, it was hovering around five. And they were like, eh, it's borderline, which we know is way too high. Right. Oh and God. then they did, you know, saw my T3 was really low and, um, you know, just told me I had hypothyroidism. And then in addition, they also checked my gut and told me how to eat, you know, changed my diet, took me off of gluten and that type of thing. And worked with my adrenals, all the stuff that I do with my patients. And it, it changed my life. So I was like, I have to learn this. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have to do this with other people. So then I studied that for years. And that's kind of how I got into this. And because, you know, I've had some other issues too. But the thyroid was the first thing that I really um, found out was was the main driver of what was going on with me. So it's kind of who I attract the most in my practice. So I, you know, I just, and that's where the book all came from. So it's such a different experience, the two routes, right? Conventional versus the natural route. And I have a very similar story. I went to doctors when I was in high school, I was starting to gain a bunch of weight. My hair was falling out. I remember being in class and just running my fingers through my hair. And it was just like, it was just, I was like molting like a snake. It was just like all yeah. coming out, you know, and, and I was cold. And that's scary. It's so scary. But at mm-hmm. the time I didn't really, th- I was just like, wow, this was crazy. But because I still <laughs> had a lot of hair at that point, but, um, but my mom was actually going through menopause during that time in high school. And so she was hot all the time and I was freezing all the time. So we had this like battle of the thermostat. <laughs> um, but but I, it was just so frustrating because I, I was gaining weight. I was I mean, granted, I was eating pretty crappy back then, but I, but I, it, it really was my metabolism. Um, and I went to Kaiser Doctors. They ran like barely anything, TSH, maybe T4, if it was like reflex to T4. And, yeah. um, you know, and they said, oh, it's a little off. My TSH, I think, was like a five or six. So they, but now is like, to me, that's raging hypothyroid. For me too, right. So, so nothing happened and they sent me on my way. And then fast forward, I went and saw an naturopathic doctor and got the right kind of, you know, treatment. And I remember in college, because this all happened in high school. And so when I was in college, I was finally on at least some medication for it. So I actually lost weight in college. You know, everyone's getting the freshman 15, I guess, <laughs> 30. But, you know, for me, I lost a bunch of weight because my thyroid finally started to get addressed. But the same thing, I just felt like I had to study this for myself because it was just, I felt so gypped, you know, I just felt like... Yeah so many people are dealing with this. So, so many people, it's crazy. The same exact story. And, and they have no, or some people will get put on medication, but then nothing else. They don't get told anything about lifestyle. And you and I both know it's that that's the majority of it. Yes. So it's crazy. 
So what, let's rewind back to those days for you. What do you feel like might have led to this or, you know, what, what are some causal factors you think? I think stress um, was definitely, you know, I was at the gym at 5am. I was in class from seven to five, you know, during the day. And then I was studying till 11. So I wasn't getting enough sleep. My, you know, my adrenals, my cortisol was crazy high. And, um, so that, and then I actually had candida and parasites and I didn't even know, I mean, I was definitely bloated, but I wasn't, it wasn't anything screaming that there was a gut issue. And I think people think that it has to be really obvious and it doesn't. Right. And so I think, you know, those two things were probably the biggest drivers. Plus I was eating gluten. I was eating pretty healthy but I wasn't eating the way I do now, you know, which I know now I was eating healthy. I think for back then what, what we thought was healthy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think those, those are were the main underlying triggers for me. I also had Epstein-Barr, you know, I got actually the year before I got diagnosed, I got strep throat six times. Oh man. I, I got a bunch in of strep one year. Too. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And then I, I got a, a shot of penicillin every single time. I had no idea what it was doing to my gut. Yeah, And so I think that was really what kind of tipped the scale for me and really pushed, put me right into that hypothyroid state. It's like literally the exact same story for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yep. yep. Wow. So, okay. So fast forward, you finally start to get some help and then you decide to dive into this for your patients. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, tell me, so your book is the 30 day thyroid reset. Tell me about that. So you know, I, I wanted to do something where I could reach more people. And my first four weeks with my patients are always where they see the biggest change. And I thought I need to, for, for one, explain what really happens with thyroid disease. You know, what, what else do we need to be looking at? You know, what could be triggering these thyroid issues? And, and I like, you know, I wanted to explain it in a really easy to understand way. I like infographics and photos. And so I made a book with a lot of that stuff in it yeah. and graphs and charts and all that. And then I wanted to give them what I do with the first four weeks with every patient, which is change their diet and, you know, support the liver and, um, you know, check for nutrient deficiencies. And I wanted to explain to them, you know, what I'm looking for as far as the gut and the adrenals and viruses and all that kind of stuff. So I just put it all into a plan that, you know, most people can afford a book for around $15. And I wanted to, the people that couldn't work with me one-on-one, I wanted to at least give them that first four week plan. And it's been amazing. I get emails every day. I mean, multiple emails every day and, and DMs and stuff on Instagram, people just sharing their story with me. And it's just so cool. Yeah. And what I love too, is that even if a patient has to be on medication, mm-hmm. if they do these, these foundational things, it's going to completely change the way that that medication you know, behaves in their body, the dose that they might have to be on. Yes. So it's not like one or the other, right? It's like right. put the two worlds together. Yeah. And, and I love to say this, I say it as much as I can. There's no shame in taking thyroid medication. People like the, one of the things I hear the most is how do I get off my thyroid meds? And if you can, that's great, but you shouldn't feel like you, there's any shame in being on it. If your body needs it, it needs it. 
And for medication, it's one of the most benign, wouldn't you agree? Very much. Um, And I always tell them that it's worse to not not be on it if you really need it versus being on it with any potential side effects, which are virtually nothing. I mean, it depends on which, which type you're taking, of course. Exactly. And you can have a compounded, I mean, you can really get it clean. Yeah. So um, I think that it's fine. And I think that the, the, what you need to know is that if you implement these, these lifestyle choices and you, you dig in a little bit and figure out maybe the root cause, you can, if you can't get off medication, you can stop yourself from increasing the dose because we know that with Hashimoto's, if, if it's, you know, more and more destruction to the thyroid, you're going to have to keep upping and upping and upping that dose. Right. And that's when it's a problem, you know, because there's nothing else given to these people besides the medication. So they're just put on a medication, increasing, increasing, and they're still symptomatic. Right. So that's kind of the point I think people like me and you try to make is, okay, so if you have to stay on your medication, that's fine, but let's get you to you know, stand as little as possible and just feel really great and feel like yourself again. Right. Yeah. Where does, um, so you you talk about, you know, the nutrition, supporting the liver deficiencies, and and then definitely some things that can kind of set you on this path, like adrenal problems, gut problems, viruses. Um, Where, where do you see toxicity coming into it? Toxin exposures? Oh gosh. I mean, I think, you know, what we're breathing, you know, is, is, we're breathing, there's so many environmental toxins. There's so much mold everywhere. There's especially living in Florida. Oh, right, um, I, I was in mold last year and had no idea and couldn't get out of bed for months. Wow. Um, I had, I really did not know that there was mold. It was underneath the cement and under my floor. Like it was really undetectable. Um, so that kind of stuff. And then a lot of like our beauty products, you know, we use, the shampoo we use, the, the stuff we're washing our bodies with, the makeup, the stuff we're washing our face with, that can really mess with your hormone levels. And when you start raising estrogen levels, you're making those thyroid cells more um, visible to the immune system. And that's when your body can start attacking yourself at the thyroid gland. And so I think that, you know, that's why I try with the book, I try to explain all of that stuff because there's so many different ways, you know, wearing perfume. I mean, people don't realize the things that they're putting on their body, what it's really doing to their endocrine system and yes. how that's going to affect them in the long run. I can't even stand perfume anymore, but oh. I, I just think back to, I, I probably said this in the podcast before, but I remember back when I was a volleyball player in high school and I had a volleyball perfume that I would wear. Like that's how that's <laughs> I was with perfume. I think it was like, maybe Elizabeth Arden's sunflower. Remember that perfume? Uh, yes, I wore that. <laughs> it was so good. But back then it was good. Now if I smell it, it's like, I'll just, I'll probably get a headache. It's like, I don't even want to yeah. go there. But I loved, you know, CK1. And what else was there back then? Oh my gosh, I wore all Pleasure, those. Angel. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, that had to be part of, of what led me on this, on this thyroid path. You know, it had to yeah. be part of it. Yeah, for sure. And even like air fresheners everywhere. I, you know, you get in an Uber and they have an air freshener sticking to the air vent and it's blowing in your face and I just want to (laughs) die. Oh my God. I remember. Yes. I remember one particular Uber experience. I I had to like just breathe (laughs) out of the window. It was so bad. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, and I know you're, you're a fan of beauty counter, right? So the cleaner products, so like makeup, skincare, 
um, you know, I mean, especially like lipsticks, you know, lipsticks yes. are so toxic. You're eating it pretty much. Right. Yeah. And I used to be a makeup artist. So I wore Mac yeah. and I used Mac on everybody. And, um, you know, so whenever I tried the safer beauty care, it was all terrible to me. I was like, right. this doesn't work. But then when I found Beauty Counter, it actually works. It, it works really well. And I, yeah. I was just so happy. I want to like shout it from the rooftops. What are some <laughs> of the, because I actually like them too, but I don't, I'm not super familiar with the products. Which are the ones that you're like, I'm obsessed. I have to have these ones. I use the face wash, um, the nourishing cleanser. I love that because it's just really mild and it kind of works for everybody. Mm-hmm. I do the counter match for the, the moisturizer because it's kind of like adaptogenic where mm-hmm. it, it you know, adapts to oily or dry skin. Mm -hmm. Um, And then their peel is really, really good. It's really gentle. And then I use almost all of their makeup. The only thing I don't use as far as their makeup is their mascara. Mm, Okay. You're not a fan as much, but the other ones, no, it's a little dry, but yeah, yeah, but their eyeshadow palettes are amazing. Like that's, that was the thing with Mac, you know, their, their eyeshadows stayed on and they were so bright and um, this right. beauty counter is the same way. So well, it's really I also cool. like to, at least from the products I've seen as the colors are pretty decent, you know, they are, they're great the natural yeah. products are, I mean, they're just so ugly. <laughs> yeah. They're limited. They're yeah. really limited. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are your favorite, so shifting back to thyroid, I mean, this is all related to thyroid, but back specifically mm-hmm. about, um, treatment options for people. Have you found that there are certain medications that you are more of a fan of than others? You know, I liked Nature Throid until they stopped making it. Um, it's so hard. And to it. yeah, um, I like for people to get Armor or NP Thyroid and have it compounded. Right. Yeah. That's kind of that's pretty much I think the safest you can go. Mm-hmm. So that's usually how I direct people. Are you still seeing a lot where, where doctors will say, you know, you cannot be on those because the dose isn't standardized, you know, it's, Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. They do. They want, you know, Synthroid and, uh, and then there's so many people who their biggest issues, is they don't convert to T, you know, T4 to T3 and they're on right. Synthroid and their T3 is tanked yeah. and their doctor won't, they, they won't even listen to them. They won't even test their T3. Right. Yeah. yeah, which is nuts. But that, I mean, it makes sense why, because if, if it's low, there's really not a whole lot that would be done for it. I mean, maybe prescribing T3, but that's very specific on how to dose that. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, what, what are some of the, like the main, um, I guess, dysfunctions that you tend to find with a thyroid, you know? So, so like, um, under conversion or, uh, you know, autoimmune. So what are kind of the main things that you tend to find? Well, the biggest I see is Hashimoto's, so which is the autoimmune disease that causes hypothyroidism. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think ninety percent of people who have hypothyroidism have Hashimoto's. And you know, what's interesting is I have Hashimoto's, and it was never detected on blood. You know, some people don't show up with the antibodies, and it wasn't until I had an ultrasound that we realized they had Hashimoto's. So. Oh, yeah, and it's it's only about twenty percent of people who that um, works that way, but but for the most part, it's Hashimoto's, and I see Graves, you know, I see, which is the uh, the autoimmune disease for hyperthyroidism, but it's a lot more common for me to see hypo, right? Don't you agree? You see Very hypothyroid much. so much more. I mean, it's, it's I both. almost 
Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, when you have Hashimoto's, you can dump. So you, you go up and down and up and down. Yeah. And I've seen cases where you have both of the antibodies with the, yeah. with the TSI as well. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's what I see the most. And then sometimes I see people who don't actually have hypothyroidism. They just have low T3 syndrome. Right. And I will work on their gut and I will work on their liver and typically can get them back to a good T3 level with yeah. that. Yeah. That's probably the most common thing that I tend to find is the underconversion. I feel like, um, you know, I, I see a lot of normal TSHs and I see mm-hmm. a decent amount of, you know, pretty decent T4s, but it's so common to see a low free T3. Um, and, and I find a lot of the main reasons, you know, low iron, I think that's a big, big yeah. culprit, um, low zinc, Zinc, yeah, um, exactly. Selenium, and then, yeah. you know, infections like gut infections or adrenal problems, you know, I tend to find right. that. Are there any other things that you tend to see that are a culprit for that? Um, you know, again, you know, viruses, heavy metals, yeah, you know, I see sure. a lot of people with, you know, a lot of people have high mercury and that can cause an issue, inflame the thyroid pretty bad. Um, my mercury was through the roof because I had five fillings that I had got, you know, when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I had them unsafely removed in one day wow. and I got really sick after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, different things like that. I'm trying to think what else we talked to nutrient deficiencies. You know, I see a lot of people eating gluten. It really messes them up and then they get off it and they're so much better. That's like the number one treatment I find. Yeah. Like if you're going to do one thing, cut it out yep. and help it, especially if it's Hashimoto's, which is like 80% of the time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah pretty wild. So um, I, one of the areas that I'm really passionate about is fertility. I've been doing a lot of work in that. My, you know, I just released a course, um, Golden Eggs. And, and thyroid is a big part of that. So let's mm-hmm. talk about fertility with thyroid. Okay. Yeah. So what, what, what kind of connection are you seeing there? I really think that pregnancy can be a big trigger for Hashimoto's. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just makes you inflamed and also it changes your hormones. And so I think that one of the reasons that women in general have more thyroid issues is because we have such big hormone changes throughout our life with getting our period and getting pregnant and going through menopause, you know, the different things that men don't go through. Yeah. So I really think it's that fluctuation in hormones, um, you know, that that's kind of driving this the most. That's kind of where, what I see the most in my practice. Yeah, absolutely. So myself personally, my, my mom has Hashimoto's. She's sorry, mom, if you don't mean to share that, you're pretty open about it. Um, and I, I haven't had the antibodies positive, but I definitely have had to treat my own thyroid stuff. But I, as you know, am in my third trimester of pregnancy. Yeah. And this was a question that um, I posted on my Instagram stories. You know, people had questions about, about thyroid. And one of them was, how can I prevent from getting Hashimoto's when I'm pregnant? Um, I'm curious too. I mean, I've been doing the main things I can, you know, avoiding gluten and trying to keep my diet good and, you know, focusing on the, um, you know, balancing out my, my dose that I need to, cause I take nature thyroid myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious if you have any other advice about that. I think, um, there's a few things. One is, you know, when people 
get pregnant, for some reason, they go nuts with food, you know, as far as eating whatever they want and thinking, well, I'm pregnant. It's kind of like, you know, you feel like you're already kind of gaining weight. It's like, well, I'll just lose it later. But you're really not understanding you're actually, you know, you're building a person in there. And like that person is getting everything you're putting in your mouth. So inflammation is, you know, so much of that is caused from food. And if you have any sort of thyroid issue and you inflame your body with food, that's going to be, you know, cause a bigger problem. That's, that's the number one thing I would say is eat like you, it, you know, eat like you're feeding your child, you know, and, and you're, you know, don't eat anything inflammatory, like stay away from, you know, unhealthy oils and um, processed food and, you know, sugar. And to me, I think grains are inflammatory, you know, that's debatable, but, um, you know, dairy, if you, you know, dairy can be very inflammatory. So, I think diet is really key. I think making sure that you aren't getting deficient in, in your nutrients and making sure that you're on a really good multi that's not usually the one given to you by your doctor because yeah. those are literally just garbage and usually they have like laxatives in them. It's crazy what's in those things. But um, so I would say that. And then I would also say trying to really work on reducing stress and like meditating, you know, Mm. calming, anything calming that you can do for your body, you know, using essential oils and taking baths and going for walks and meditating or prayer or whatever makes you feel good, you know, mentally. I think that's really, really important as well because stress is such a big trigger. Yeah. And it's stressful be getting ready to, to bring a person into the world. So, yeah. you know, working on relaxation techniques can be really helpful. Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, the sleep deprivation is probably a huge mm-hmm. part of it too, right? It's like, yeah, like your immune system so much. So, and you're so uncomfortable. You yeah. And, yeah. And we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, as I'm recording this, I don't know when I'll be posting this, but as I'm recording this, I'm, I'm at 36 weeks. So got four more to go. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> but I know that, um, you know, I'm trying to do as much as I can to kind of learn how to help my little one sleep as good as possible in the beginning, but you know, it, we'll, we'll find out what happens when he comes. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I love that. It's just keeping the stress low and trying to sleep and, um, keep your diet real clean. And, and, um, you know, and I do think like talking about like deficiencies, you know, get your, like, I just did a blood test this morning, just double checking again on any deficiencies that I may have going into, you know, my delivery. And I think that's huge. I mean, if you go yeah. into it with a ton of, you know, iron deficiencies, selenium, zinc, these are so. And you always get like a higher risk for iron deficiencies, especially mm-hmm. towards the third trimester. So yes. I remember with my, especially my third, I was like really taking a lot of iron because I was yes. so deficient. Same. I've been giving myself yeah. shots because I was so low. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, I and, eat a good amount of red meat too. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard. It, it's, it's, you do, you get really deficient. And then for me, I mean, I had my third one at home, but, um, you know, I, I almost passed out for days every time I would even try to stand up. I mean, you just, right. you know, you have to, so I, you know, I, I remembered to keep taking that iron, like mm-hmm. after having the baby and, and trying to really help keep those levels up. That reminds me, I'm going to give myself an iron shot as soon as we're done. Yeah. Because I'm due. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to take it to the Instagram questions here. So okay. let's see what I wanted to, 
Okay, so this question, will I always need to take nature throy to keep my thyroid working optimally? I think that depends. You know, I think it depends on what your levels are. First of all, you know, some people get put on nature thyroid when they, in my opinion, don't need it. Um, just because that that's all they know what to, to do, you know, right. really they is prescribed. So um, I think it depends on what's driving it. I think the best thing to do is to have your gut checked, have your adrenals checked, um, you know, have your nutrient levels checked, make sure you're eating the right diet and then see what happens to your numbers. So, you know, right. if, if you start to suddenly go, you know, where your medication becomes too much, which I've definitely seen happen you know, work with your doctor to, to safely reduce that and see what happens. But I think, um, you know, nature thyroid is, she said nature thyroid, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. I think nature thyroid is one of the ones you are capable of getting off of. I think synthroid is a whole nother story. Um, I think it's almost impossible to get off it. I've seen terrible things happen to people who stop taking it after, you know, they've taken it for 25 years and then they stop taking it and their body goes nuts. Right. So I wouldn't ever just stop taking it. I would be really careful and I would work with someone who really knows how to help you with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and just check, check, check on those levels and see if your body's saying, hey, you don't need this anymore. You're, you're going to know. Right. Totally. And, you know, if you, if it, some people I've found in my practice do better on just T4 or even, even just Synthroid. Um, mm-hmm. There are some some cases where they don't do very well on the natural desiccated. And exactly. Like, don't beat yourself up about it. You do what you can. You still work on the foundational things that we talked about earlier, and that's that. All that is going to help that that medication work better and maybe allow you to not take as much as you might need to. Right. Yeah, because so. everyone is so different and they respond differently to different medications. And what from what I understand is where I would say the warning should more be would be um, the Synthroid versus the Levothyroxine, right. where um, Synthroid is a better choice because of the way that it's the Levothyroxine is manufactured. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unpredictable what you're getting from what I've read. And so I think that, um, and I've heard other functional medicine, even practitioners talk about how if you're going to be in a T4 only, you know, ask for like you want Synthroid, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good to know. Um, let's see how to treat hypothyroid without hormones. Well, again, diet looking, um, at all the triggers that I talk about in the book and there's definitely some supplements that are, um, kind of like a desiccated thyroid pretty much, you know, Mm -hmm. they're glandulars, and they can work really well. There's um, Dr. Ron's makes a really good thyroid supplement, but his has liver. It's thyroid and liver, which can raise your iron levels. So mm-hmm. I always say don't ever take any of those without you know having someone who knows how to prescribe and dose right. that for you um, because it can make things off. Yeah, you never so, want to take iron unless you really need it. Yeah, iron and even even some glandulars, I think. You know, sometimes you're dosing it wrong and then you can get really pushed in pushed the other way. Yeah. You know? It can be very um, important. Yeah. If I put anyone on glandulars, I test their their thyroid every four weeks until I, I see a good pattern of consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um so that, you know, but but looking for the underlying triggers, making sure your diet's really 
the right you know diet for you low inflammation and making sure you're doing the right type of exercise some people are exercising too hard for their body and some people aren't exercising That's a huge one. yeah 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 so there's there's a lot too but this is exactly the entire whole purpose of this book is I'm trying to teach you what to do naturally yeah. and it's either going to go with your medication or it's going to be without medication it just depends on your body yeah Another question, what does low reverse T3 indicate, especially for someone with Hashimoto's, low adrenal function, menopause? So our hormones go down different pathways. So we can think of T3. So T3 free is like the usable form of thyroid hormone. And we can go down like the gas, the usable pathway, which is the T3 free or kind of the breaks, which is the reverse T3. Um, and typically I see that what happens with high reverse T3 is people who are under a lot of stress and their body is telling them to slow down and they're not really listening. So their body's going to make them really tired and so that they will slow down and they will get the rest that they need. And, and that's kind of typically how I see reverse T3 working in people. Mm. I actually have um, something for you guys to download. It's it's all the lab values, what they mean, what levels they should be, um, you know, what labs you should ask your doctor to test you for. It's so many details on these labs and what they all mean and, and their purpose. So awesome. We'll, How could people yeah, get that? We'll put that in. Uh, I'll give that to you. We'll put in the call notes awesome. or the the, the notes, notes for the yeah the show Good. notes. Yeah, super helpful. It is helpful because there, there's the big difference between the conventional and the optimal ranges, like a huge right. difference. Huge, huge difference. It's yeah. crazy. And also too, it's like there's there's so much more than just TSH and T4, which is kind of the typical labs that are tested. There's there's like eight different ones to look at to look at the whole picture. And I don't know about you, but every time I test my patients for their thyroid, I'm checking their antibodies again and again because I just want to yeah. see what's happening with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, did, did, did a lot of these questions we already covered, um, mm-hmm. ways, ways to treat hair loss. Let's talk about that a little bit. So hair loss can be a different reason. You know, there, it's not just the thyroid. Um, but I do find that a lot of times when people aren't converting T4 to T3, they are going to start losing hair. Yeah. So the conversion of T4 to T3 happens mostly in the liver and the gut. So that's why I always support the liver and then I work on the gut to make sure there's no infections in there. And, uh, you know, if you can get that T3 up, that's, you know, typically if that was the cause of your hair loss, I, I see that stopping. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's other stuff too. I mean, iron deficiency, you know, yeah. that's a big reason for hair loss. Low blood pressure can give you hair loss. Um, so there's, you know, having a more androgenic, you know, uh, hormone pattern for female, which is more like, you know, high testosterone, that type right. of thing. I've actually so, never heard of low blood pressure causing that, but that makes total sense. Yeah. Like, you don't have good blood flow to the area. Yes. <laughs> wow. Huh. I've seen people who I'll put them on a little bit of salt Yeah. and their hair will stop falling out because their blood pressure is low and they're, you know, it's like 90 over 60 or, you know, hundred even over sixty, and their doctors are like, "That's great." Well, really, it's a little low. So, right. yeah. um, <laughs> so you have to check all that stuff. Yeah, and also maybe hormones too, right? If depending on like Absolutely. with this patient going through menopause, if your estrogen's in the tank, you like you know you're you're yep. you have receptors for hormones in every cell in your body, including your your hair follicles, right? So it's exactly. going to help all of that. 
yeah. and autoimmune disease where your hair, your body's attacking the hair follicles. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's infection, a lot of reasons for like that. The root of all of this is due to infections too, like maybe a virus or something. So got to yeah. look into it all. Um, Viruses okay. are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> they really can mess everything up. Yeah. Yes. Agree. Um, okay. Are there any new therapies or treatments or supplements on the horizon that sound promising? Anything you're kind of... Um, nothing other than what we're kind of doing and what yeah. we've been talking about, you know? I mean, these I are can't... like on the horizon for most people. Most people don't know about this stuff. Right, right. But it's yeah, like old know. news to us, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. So yeah, just everything we've been talking about, you know, checking your gut health, making sure your diet's right, uh, making sure your stress is managed with, you know, techniques that you can learn to do. I, I know people hate when you say like, have less stress. And obviously I don't mean like snap your finger and you have less stress, but you got to work on it. Yeah. Um, you know, getting more sleep and, um, you know, all the different things, you know, nutrient deficiencies, that type of stuff. That's the best way. Yeah. Um, can one reverse thyroid disease after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease or thyroiditis? Yeah. I mean, you can definitely get it to where your body stops. It's, uh, you know, epigenetics where you're, you kind of like the, the gene that, that causes it kind of changes its expression and you you're stop attacking yourself basically at the thyroid gland the way that you were. Yeah. Um, and this can come back up and it can calm back down. You know, it, it can kind of come and go and, what the best part is, is if you do get yourself into remission and you know what you did to get there, if something does come up again, you, you'll know what to do next time. Right. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, cool. This is all some good <laughs> stuff. And um, I don't think there's anything else I wanted to ask you. When you talk about supporting the gut and the liver, what are, what are kind of more specific things you mean by that? So, I mean, I have a liver product on my, my own supplement line that I put everyone on to start, but you don't, you can, um, also do other things. You can do infrared saunas, you can do, um, Epsom salt baths, you can do castor oil packs over your liver, you know, different things. You really want to get your liver to start pushing things out effectively. Yeah. And that's a big um, part of balancing hormones properly. Mm-hmm. And so the liver is just so important for any type of hormonal issue. Yeah. And, um, and then what was the second question? <laughs> the gut, supporting the gut as well. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I always test because you know, if you can, and, and not everybody can, but here's the thing. If you like, there's different things you'll read, like start eating a bunch of fermented foods, people will say like for leaky gut. And yes, if you handle fermented foods, that's a great way to get good bacteria in there. But one of the things I work with is histamine intolerance yes. and people start taking, eating a bunch of fermented foods, they're going to get really sick. So for me, um, testing to see exactly what you actually have going on in there is best, whether it's a yeast overgrowth, parasites, um, H. pylori, you know, SIBO, which is a small intestine bacterial overgrowth. I test all that. Mm-hmm. And then I can make like a treatment plan based on what they actually have going on, you know, natural antimicrobial supplements, but some are more suited for different things than others are. So... Yeah. You know, some people will say, well, I take a probiotic. Why isn't my gut better? Well, a probiotic's not going to kill a, a gut infection. And so for some people, probiotics make you worse. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It, it's, it's hard because I don't like to it, make it sound like I expect everyone can run out and buy these tests because they can't. Yeah. Right. Um, but if you can, that's the number one way to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, if not, you know, test things. See, you know, if you eat fermented foods, see how you respond to them. If you respond by feeling a lot better, then you're you're probably good. But if you start to feel bad, then don't eat that. You know, yeah. and some people have to go low carb because carbs make them bloat like crazy. Yeah. So you know, you have to experiment. If you don't have someone guiding you, you have to just do like experiments to see what works best for you. But there's always an answer. There's, you know, it's just different for different people. For your patients who you find that are having histamine intolerance problems, are there any things that, you know, treatment wise, clinically that you're finding are so helpful, like any supplements or any kind of approaches that are really helping? Yeah, well, I actually, I just finished my second book and it's on histamine intolerance because this topic is so important. So many people have it and don't realize it. Yeah. When does that come out? It comes out December 10th. Um, yes. It's on pre-order already on Amazon. But I, it's so hard to know what to do with this. So the first thing is definitely chain, you know, taking away high histamine foods. Yeah. But I, I give people kind of a plan of what are the most important foods to take away first. And then there's like a maybe list. And, and so I walk them through that. But it's a lot of it is related to the gut because there's an enzyme that breaks down histamine. and that hit that enzymes in the gut. And if you have a, an issue with the gut, you're not going to have enough of that enzyme. So mm-hmm. it all goes back to the gut again with that. And there's other stuff too, vitamin deficiencies, gluten intolerance, um, you know, irritable bowel disease. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, reasons why people have histamine intolerance, you know, mast cell activation syndrome, which is a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is one of the biggest things I see, you know, causing it, but yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting topic. <laughs> I know. It's um it's like I feel like a broken record sometimes because I'm like, it's all about the gut. It's all about the mm-hmm. gut. It's all about the gut. Like no matter what it someone's is. coming in with, it's like ear infection or skin condition or acne or thyroid or hormones. It's like it's all about the gut. But it's um so it's, it's so important because it's like with, with something like a histamine problem, you don't want to feel like you have to live in a bubble and you can't eat anything forever right. to histamine. It's like that of course is is a, a first step approach, but you have to heal the root of it. So, yeah, and I like to explain the bucket theory because this this really registers to people. And people always wonder, okay, so if I have histamine intolerance, am I always going to have to like not eat any of these foods, which are like great foods, fermented foods, right. avocados, spinach, tomatoes, stuff we all love that are healthy. And here's the way this works: if you, you know, just picture you have a bucket, and let's say you have a lot of stress, you have. Um, a gut infection, you have a virus, you're taking a medication that reduces that enzyme that breaks down histamine, and then you eat that avocado, you're going to spill over and you're going to have a reaction. So what I teach people is how to empty that bucket. And Mm -hmm. then you can start to tolerate these foods. And for me, I could barely eat anything when I realized that this is what I had. And now I can eat pretty much anything. I mean, you know, I do a paleo-ish, I do more of a, like a low carb paleo diet and I do keep, 
some foods that are high in histamine out always because I just will never be okay with them. Which ones for you, if you don't mind me asking? Really fermented foods, which I love. I would eat them all day long if I could, but they (laughs) really bother me. Like kombucha will just, it it bothers me. You know, I'm the same. I just, I drink it and I just don't feel good. So I I, think, right. I think we have very similar physiologies. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, don't drink them. I love them. And I cry a little when I pass them in the aisle at Whole Foods, but <laughs> I just, I just don't eat them. So, and then there's certain foods like avocado that I can have, but I'll have it like once or twice a week. If I were to start eating it every day, you know, as much as I wanted to eat it, it would probably become a problem then. Yeah. So, and my kids have it too. I mean, my son, if he eats strawberries, his whole face is like red and blotchy. Hmm. So, you know, it just depends. There's, but it, it went from like, you know, 50 foods I couldn't eat to maybe four, you know, so it's a lot better. And it's really, it's so manageable once you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So helpful, Doc. Well, I'm so excited for your book coming out. So I'm look. I I just already stocked it on Amazon. So it's the four (laughs) phase histamine reset plan. So definitely you guys keep an eye out for that and you can pre-order it, which um, I definitely want to get an order copy of this for sure. And, um, and then your book is the, um, the, uh, 30 day thyroid reset plan. So definitely support, support this doc guys. You want to, you know, learn about how to address this for yourself and also, you know, educate your doctors too. If you're working with a doctor you really like working with and you feel like they're open to this, then, you know, share with them this information. So, you know, it's crazy because a lot of my, um, a lot of people I know will give my book to their doctors and if their doctor's open, I mean, a lot of, we know a lot of them aren't, they'll put it in their waiting room and it's surprising. You know, it's, it's really cool. It's nice to see that because it, it's just, you know, we should all work together, you know, very much. I mean, if we're in this to help people, like, why wouldn't we? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know that it's dinner time for you over in Florida. So um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for joining me and um, best of luck with your, your book coming out and we'll talk real soon. And best of luck to you. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon. 